Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Lindsay sutherland Bowl. She is the founder of She Walks Canada and also an empowerment and clarity coach. How are you doing today, Lindsay? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for your time. So let's jump right in. As I mentioned, you're the founder of She Walks Canada and also an empowerment and clarity coach. How long have you been coaching? Well, you know, uh, coaching has always been a part of my life and I really got into it probably a year ago. And then, you know, as COVID is evolved (laughs) as as I've gone in my sobriety journey you know things kind of ebb and flow but I I actually think in the past year it's it's become very clear to me that empowerment and clarity is where it's at and so that's why I'm moving forward with the coaching business and so what inspired your journey into the coaching world well from my own experience I mean it's funny because you and I have had a brief conversation Mm -hmm. about life coaching Mm -hmm. and it kind of has it's kind of like a dirty word right (laughs) it really is and and before I went into life coaching to be totally honest I never met a life coach I like and there's (laughs) I don't know it just kind of seemed a bit smarmy or smarmy to me right Mm -hmm. but then I started listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. and listening to thought leaders about how things like mindset can powerfully impact our lives and so I began to answer some of these questions that these greater leaders were asking. And and then I realized, well, what happens if that process became very specific to me? What could I achieve? What could I grow? What could I learn? What could I become if those things are really specific to me? Mm -hmm. And of course, coaching developed. And that's, that's how my relationships have developed with my clients. So what lights you up and inspires you the most about coaching? There's a couple things. It is amazing to witness transformation. And so this is from a coaching perspective, but also from the sobriety perspective Mm -hmm. to see people evolve, learn, unlearn (laughs) in some cases and become these versions of themselves that they had previously thought were not possible or not available. But to see that process happen through their own work is mind-boggling it is to to witness transformation right in front of your very eyes is just incredible yeah so as mentioned you're the founder of the national movement called she walks canada how long ago did you found or start this movement march yeah it's been a very quick turnaround and it started in march it evolved over time and we will launch officially in january and so the she walks canada was the result of my own journey through sobriety and how that came to be. And I realized that when I got sober this time that worked, there were two things that were present in my life that had never been present before. Okay. And 
that was the prioritizing of my physical and mental health mm-hmm. above all else for the first time in my life. Wow. So from a a mental health perspective, I surrounded myself with people who were doing the things that I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so I, because sobriety was just such a big part of my life at that time, it was around a lot of sober people (laughs) and turned out a lot of sober, happy people. (laughs) (laughs) And not to say that every day is unicorn and rainbow, but it's so much better, you know, than the shame game that happens every single day, you know, when we're in dependency or addiction. Mm -hmm. So She Walks Canada is the result of the physical taking care of myself because I started walking every day when I got sober. And it was during those walks that I was able to process and learn and unlearn what got me to problematic drinking and what was going to get me out of it. Massive clarity. Yeah. And so what we're doing is I'm inviting anybody anywhere to either join the movement as somebody who is in recovery or not, male, female, or summer routine or not, (laughs) to collectively, virtually walk across Canada together as a community between January 24th and July 27th to show that we can do it. We can do hard things. We can do big things. We can succeed at these things. Absolutely. That's amazing. So can you share then, obviously this was started, as you mentioned, out of your own personal struggles. Can you share a bit about your personal struggles with us? Sure. So I dropped the bottle January 24th, 2020. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And so prior to that, I was a heavy drinker for years, simple years, and it wreaked havoc on my life in every single aspect, every single aspect down to my dental health. Little did I know that this is quite common is that a lot of women let their dental health go when we, when we are in dependency or addiction. So, so anyways, I, I just alcohol had negatively impacted every single aspect of my life for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, you got to be careful. Lindsay, when you talk about saying you're an alcoholic and, and I certainly never called myself that right. when I was drinking and I never called myself that in the first, I don't know, 11 months because it was such a sting word, you know, and mm-hmm. there's just like this visual that yeah. we all get with alcohol, but I didn't get a DUI. I didn't mm-hmm. hurt anybody. It wasn't one of these, oh, well, something must've happened. No, I didn't hit rock bottom. I hit rock enough Mm. enough of hating myself every day enough of geez you know I really should have been more by now been paid more by now have a better home by now live a better lifestyle but I am nowhere near what I thought enough of that yeah enough and it was in the enough that gave me the power to say I'm worth more than this was there a particular breaking point or light bulb moment for you with your story where you figured, you know what, I've, as you said, you hit rock enough, but was there a pivotal moment that caused that for you? Yes and no. So I was what I call what sober curious is for six months before I I got sober. So sober curious is that kind of, I kind of think of it as a sweet spot where we know that we have a problem. Mm -hmm. We're not ready to do anything about it, but we're in that magic spot where we're ready to listen. Okay. And we're ready to learn a little bit privately. We're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So my my sober curiosity started in July of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I put in the Google search engine, but up popped and <laughs> doused at Johnston's book, Drink the Intimate Relationship Between Women and Alcohol. Wow. And like every single word in that book, bing, 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 bing. Like I was like, oh God, I need to read this. And when I read it, it was like stab of approval. Mm-hmm. I never wanted alcoholic right 
And her book is fascinating because it's part memoir and part total whistleblower on alcohol's marketing to women. And, you know, I, I realized that there's more than me, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. not the only one. There's a way bigger issue. And there's a whole lot of people that are making money off the fact that I've got this problem. Wow. And so that was a big part of it. Also yeah. in August of that year, I was supposed to go out for dinner with a male colleague that canceled. And so it was a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I had a babysitter right, and nobody to go out with. Okay. Because everybody else had plans. Right. And I was upset and angry about that. I because I was I was bitter when I was yeah. thinking, you know, I was mm-hmm. bitter and grumpy and all that. So this is how I dealt with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to the restaurant that my husband and I were married at downtown mm-hmm. at the bar. So I went to the bar. I sat at the bar by myself for hours. And wow. I drank by myself for hours. I had the receipt, so I know that I had that night nine drinks, which is too, way too much. Wow. And I went home and sure enough, I mean, I'm married. My husband drives me crazy all the time. What woman <laughs> does not say that? And so, but what happened is I went home to my husband at like nine 30. It wasn't even that late. And I was horrible to him. I was mean. Like I wasn't unkind. I was mean. Yeah. I was rude. And sure, there was some grain of truth in some of the things that I said, but not like that. It was so bad. And it went on for hours that I wasn't sure our marriage was going to last. Wow. That is bad. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. And what was so interesting about that moment, that was August 9th, 2019. The next day I didn't drink. The next day I went back to the LCBO and I bought another bottle of wine. And I knew that the reason why I was that horrible to my husband was because I was drunk. And less than 48 hours later, I was back at the liquor store. Oh, shit. So how long then did you actually struggle with this before you decided to do something about it, before you decided to make the change? It's a hard question to answer because I, as I mentioned, I became sober curious in July. So I knew I had a problem in July and then I addressed it in January. Prior to that, there were times, where, of course, I knew that I had a problem. I knew I was drinking too much. I knew it was negatively impacting my life. And how that showed up was I was underperforming in every aspect of my life, underperforming at work, underperforming in my friendships, like forgetting birthdays, you know, like not showing mm-hmm. up, canceling because I was too tired, not being fully present when I'm with people, you know, it's stupid and missing opportunities at work. So then it would affect my income, you know, just, you know, stupid stuff. Right. But having said that, there were significant times in my life that I didn't drink at all. Like when I was pregnant, Mm -hmm. I didn't drink when I was pregnant. Right. I didn't drink for the bulk of the time that I was working in China because I was by myself and I don't speak Mandarin very well. And so (laughs) that would be irresponsible to get lost, you know, and can't get back to my, you know, and then I I didn't drink when I I did a, a conference at Yale University. I didn't like, so those things are really significant, important to me. So I didn't drink during those times. And so... I knew I had a problem, but there was still some part of me that said, yeah, but I can choose not to drink. I'm right. I've got it and under control. I've got it under, yeah, I've got it under control or, well, I'm really an alcoholic if I get a DUI or I hurt somebody. Like that was the narrative that I had in my head. Mm-hmm. I almost ended my marriage to my husband because I was such a jerk. But yeah. apparently that, that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Wow. So what steps then did you take to begin the healing process and to start your journey into sobriety? What were the first few steps you took? Well, there's a couple. So when I was sober curious, just the act 
of that's why I say in any social media post that I do, if you are a problematic drinker, you can reach out to me. I will share my resources, a listen, and I can answer any questions. So just the act of reaching out to somebody who is sober, just to say, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. just the act of confiding in somebody who is a stranger, this is important. Okay. <laughs> You know, reaching out to somebody you don't know, because people who know you will often come back with, you're not an alcoholic, which is the worst thing to say. They'll feed it. Well, there's, we can get into that too, but it just, it's not a great thing to say. So the, the best things are to, to try and find people who are sober, who are sober. And so there's a fantastic group called She Recovers, which is an online, well, they have many platforms, but online it's a private group. Recovery is the new black is another one. So go and find sober people. Read. There's a whole lot, a huge genre of quit lit, quitting literature, you know, mm-hmm. Quit like a woman, this naked mind, the alcohol experiment. We are the luckiest. Like there's a jillion books mm-hmm. to start reading. But then the day that I actually got sober, something happened. Okay. I went downstairs. I didn't know I was going to get sober this day. I didn't make a decision, but I had been out the night before with a girlfriend. And again, something triggered me. I was supposed to go to the Phantom of the Opera with somebody else. And that somebody else canceled. And I was pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Again, because I was bitter about everything. <laughs> and so I went out with my other mom friend, who was great. It's not that. Just went out, But anyways, and I had, I don't know, I was drunk before I left the house for dinner before I went to the show. And so then we drank at dinner and then we drank at the show. And then I don't remember how I got home, which was normal. And then when I woke up the next morning with a terrible hangover after the 3 a.m. shame game, I woke up fuzzy, you know, brain fog, went downstairs to make my cup of coffee. And I walked into my kitchen and there was that fucking teacup. <laughs> so angry at a teacup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just sitting there waiting to be filled with coffee. You know? And so I walked down and I'm so, I hate this teacup. I hate this teacup. And it's a pretty teacup. It's white. It's frilly. It's got a blue little trim. And it's a beautiful teacup. I hate this fucking teacup. And so then it was in that moment that I was looking around my house and it was like, I'd never been there before. And everything in my house, in that particular area, in some way or another, I hated, but I had put it there wow. in some way or another. And this all happened in the, you know, 90 seconds it takes to scan the room. Yeah to make my coffee I realized that everything in that room I had put there almost everything in that room I hated so if I could put it there I could unput it right and then I realized that everything that was bad in my life was bad because I put it there and because alcohol was the vehicle and so I had to hand over my ego in that moment hand out to what I don't know <laughs> but I handed over my ego and and I have never had another drink amazing just what a transformation. Yeah, I, I learned that a lot of people are very angry when they're mm-hmm. in addiction. And I absolutely was that person. And it's funny because I'm, I'm not that person, but I was mm-hmm. that person when I was right. So how have these experiences helped shape the Lindsay you are today, do you think? Well, actually, this is kind of a coaching question too. Because something that coaching has taught me is that my opinion doesn't matter. Questions I ask matter. Right. But my opinion of anybody outside this body (laughs) that I embody, my opinion doesn't matter. It's not valid. And so what that taught me is that other people's opinions don't matter either. And so I matter. I need to be okay with myself. Okay, so what are my values? And then I had to have this discussion. 
Yeah. You know, like I could say to myself, because my husband and I talked about, oh, sure, we know what our value are, values are, but no, I actually didn't. And so I had to figure out what my values are and then move forward like that. It's hard because that, that means looking inside and doing self-work. And that's where people have the problem is looking within and figuring that stuff out. It's hard. It is. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? But getting to the other side of it. And, and that's the other thing is when you do find other people to communicate with, you may find as I have found in my journey. Mm-hmm. So everybody, everybody in that room that you're talking to has something. For sure. Absolutely. Everybody has their shit to deal with. Everybody. Everybody. What I thought, you know, was some horrible thing that I had or that I had done something so bad or, or I was such a failure or whatever story. Narrative you told yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The narrative isn't even my own. It's somebody else's voice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So can you speak to us a bit about the mission and purpose behind starting She Walks Canada? Yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned before, the two things that were present in my life when I got sober the seventh time that I tried <laughs> you know, when it actually worked is that there was the presence of the sober community of women, the strangers, I need to mm-hmm. emphasize this, you know, strangers that have become people I see often acquaintances. Some of them are friends now, mm-hmm. but the presence of a sober community and the presence of prioritizing my physical health. And so she walks Canada is a reflection of what worked for me in my sober journey. And when we take care of our minds and our spirits and communicate and connect with people that, that obviously does wonders for our soul, but we need to care for our bodies. We need to care for our bodies. And what I've learned from a lot of people who've gotten sober is that we're, we're up early. (laughs) You know, we we have all this time. We're not busy hating ourselves, you know, we do something, you know? And so for a long time, I remember I would sit on my stoop and drink a coffee and I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk, you know? (laughs) And so then I ended up, you know, working out. I didn't want to say working out because I didn't go to a gym, but, but I, the first day I I was sober, you know, January 24th, 2020, I went for my first walk. It was 2k because that was as long as I could go. And it is fall of 2021. Mm-hmm. And this year alone, it's over 6,000 kilometers. And I do a marathon every month. And I just completed the perimeter of Iceland, 1,333 kilometers. Holy shit. Yeah. And so I've become an ultra distance athlete. Amazing. And this is the thing. I always see this is what's so great about sobriety <laughs> is that you start to remember what the inner child wanted. And I always wanted to. See, I'm leaning into the computer, hoping that there's a whisper. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got to just remember that this is actually a podcast. I always wanted to be an athlete. But wow. like anybody who knows me is going to be like, no, girl, sit down. <laughs> you know, because there's not an athletic bone in my body, you know. Anyway, so I, I could never be athletic, but I could walk. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening is I, I remember saying to myself when I got through my first year of sobriety, I need a medal. <laughs> You know, I need a trophy. I yeah. need something, you know? And so then I, I said, I'm, I'm going to get a medal. I don't know. There's something that happened. I'm going to get a medal. And so anyways, so that I'm going to get a medal turned into this, you know, actually I, I can see it from where I'm sitting in my studio right now. I've earned 13 finishers medals this year and the, and the shortest distance is a marathon. Amazing. Congratulations, yes, Lizzie. That's you. phenomenal. So what is the three to five year plan or goal for She Walks Canada? It's a great question. And that I'll have a different answer to that tomorrow. And then another different answer the day after. And it, the reason why I say that is because this is a new initiative and we haven't had our first year yet. So I have no idea how it's going to land. 
having said that right now for the first year she walks Canada, we're walking across Canada as a collection community of women, Mm -hmm. 7,315 kilometers. So that's one mission. The other mission is that we are providing 20 zoom gatherings, support gatherings online per week in all the time zones across Canada to support women that are going through their recovery journey. In addition to that, there's an outreach and education initiative. Okay. So that's the first year. So building on that, I would love for this to actually turn into a nonprofit organization, turn into a foundation so that we can grow it to, to be a bigger resource, have an educational component, perhaps a sobriety program. I have no idea because we need to figure out how this lands first and hopefully gather information about what are the needs of the people who participate and what would they like the needs to be. But this is not a one-time deal. It's sobriety for those who choose to go that way isn't a one-time thing. So you're not actually physically walking across the country. You're doing walks that equal the distance of going across the country, correct? Yeah, in your, so in your we, respective neighborhoods. That's right. So yeah. everybody can participate. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure that's yeah. clear so people understand that. I think it's an amazing mission. And so why is this mission or movement of helping to empower specifically women to take back control of their lives from alcohol through She Walks Canada so personally important to you? Why is it important to me? Because it has been my experience and in the research that I have done, it is well documented that women and men recover differently. Okay. What women need to recover is different than what men need to recover and how we need to recover is different. And so it has been my experience in my own experience, but also in listening to and witnessing the recovery of hundreds of women now, that there are a lot of issues related to our relationships with men that come up. And it is really hard to do that when men are in the room. Okay for me. And I would imagine I'm not the only woman that says that. Yeah. I don't know that to be true, but I'm just going to imagine. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, opinion. probably. <laughs> and so I like and appreciate the safe space with women. Beautiful. So you hit a personal and big milestone for yourself with She Walks Canada in terms of distance. Can you tell us a bit about that, how far you've gone so far now? Oh, well, you know, I don't know. We're, I'm personally more over 6,000 kilometers this year. <laughs> and Since I, the beginning of January. Yeah. Wow. And so, and it's great. And this is the other thing that's totally awesome is that <laughs> I was on vacation with my husband while we were gutting our house. We needed to get out of it. We ended up renting a, a cabin on this lake and the people that we rented from who we didn't know, they had these paddle boards. And so, you know, the little, little girl athlete in me, she, she popped up again in the conversation <laughs> and she said, Ooh, I think I could do that. Okay. I cannot do anything on water. I can't do anything on land other than walk, but the little athlete Lindsay was like, Ooh, I think we could do that. And so my husband, bless his heart, he gets out this paddle board. He goes, you want to get on this thing? I said, I want to get on that thing. I think I can do it. And he goes, okay typical man I'll show you how I'm like okay show me how. <laughs> so, bless his heart actually he is extremely gifted on the water so and in sports generally but I don't know why we're together anyway so he gets on this paddleboard he's shaking like a leaf I'm like you're showing me how to do this anyways he goes he goes Lindsay, you'll be fine you just 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 to be fine so then I get on it and I'm shaking like a leaf and then mm-hmm. he said to me Lindsay don't look at your feet look where, look where you're going and so as soon as I got on this thing, I stood up. How did I do that? I stood up and I looked where I was going and I never looked back. And on my fifth paddle, I paddled the distance of the English Channel, which wow. was 34 kilometers. And we Very raised $5.7,000 for sobriety that day. Phenomenal. That's yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, I love paddleboarding. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> what is one piece of wisdom or advice you'd like to impart onto anyone else out there who might be going through a similar situation to what you went through? If you get to give one piece of advice. Yeah. So I have a bit of a personal thing that I, I don't give advice, but I will share that what worked for me was talking to strangers. And it sounds so funny to say that because it's hard making friends as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay, so let's, okay, so let's amplify that and go tell a bunch of strangers that we're alcoholics. Like, yeah. come on, you know? Yeah. But so it's just really weird. But if you go online, connect with me, whatever, I will send you in the right direction of online groups where you can turn off your video, change your name, do whatever you want to do, you know, turn off your mic and just type just to connect with people and say, I'm here too, or just even listen, because you will hear other women sharing their stories. So just connect, connect with strangers. Beautiful. To date, Lindsay, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? You know what happened this morning? Okay. I was walking my four-year-old, she'll be four on Saturday. Uh four-year-old to school and she was holding my hand and she said mom I said yes mom I said yes honey she said mom I'm proud of you I said and this is out of nowhere I said why do you say that she said because you're my mom and that was the whole conversation and meanwhile now I gotta go do drop off I have no makeup left on my face right like I'm crying thank god your heart melted (laughs) you know and I know for a fact that had I still been drinking she wouldn't have said that because Uh I am a present fun mom and I, I was physically present, but I wasn't emotionally present. Right. That is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Bless her heart. heart. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful in sobriety or life or life in general? Just in life. I would say, you know, BS before sobriety, (laughs) I I would say I was tenacious after sobriety. I would say for the most part, I lead my life without ego in the sense that I recognize that I should say, I strive to live, live, live my life without ego. I don't do that every moment of every day, but I strive to. And what that means is that I am aware that there is for every one thing I see, there's a hundred things I don't. And so I need to, if I get offended by something, I need to check myself because I can guarantee myself that I do not have full information. And it has nothing to do with me. Excellent. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Okay. So BS, how did I find, how did I define success? How other people perceived me to be successful? That was BS. Mm -hmm. After sobriety, I defined my success by whether or not I held my ground. If you could go back, would you change anything about how you've done things? With sobriety, that's an easy one. I wish that I had talked to my GP, my doctor. Mm -hmm. When I got sober, I didn't do that. And I wish that I had. Okay. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self, Lindsay? Oh, when I'm coaching 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I love to be a part of the unraveling of transformation. Yeah, the unfolding, it, it, it is incredible to know that you have played a part in someone else's journey of discovery. It, mm-hmm. There's no feeling like it. No, and, and to see it, literally see it. You can literally see it happen. Like, yeah. It's like watching a movie. Right in front of your eyes. Right in front of your eyes. It's absolutely fascinating. It is. Mm-hmm. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? It was a moment I handed over my ego. 
that changed everything. Before that, I was grumpy, Mm -hmm. miserable, and completely consumed with what other people thought about me all the Mm -hmm. time. When I handed over my ego, went through my process, it released me of needing the validation of others, which forced me to figure out for myself what I want, how I want to live my life, how I want to show up in my life, and how I can be of value to the people in my life, like my little girl, you know, my parents, my husband, my family, my cat. <laughs> they all need me. Yeah. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? It's easy to say my child, just because, you know, being a parent, yeah. being a mm-hmm. parent changes you. So it's easy to say my child, but I have to say my mother. My mother is probably the strongest person. Well, she is the strongest woman I know. And no shade on my father at all here. <laughs> but as a woman, seeing a woman, you know, every day fight for what's right. And, you know, she's retired now, but I can only imagine the issues of being a high level executive as a woman, you know, in her day. Yeah. What that must have been like, you know, and I admire and respect and don't know about many of her struggles, but I admire how she came out and was extremely gracious while doing it. Beautiful. What's your personal motto? I love that. Okay. So I actually have a manifesto. Okay. And this is something that I do with my clients as well, because I think it's so powerful and, you know, and it's, it's not the, I am manifesto. I am kind. I am sweet. (laughs) It's not, and there's no shade on that either. Right. But what I have learned is that the more specific we get, the more rock solid that manifesto or motto becomes. So this is, this is mine. It's going to take about a minute to say. Okay, this, no problem. And so this is something that I repeat to myself whenever I feel something is going sideways. I'm not handling something well. I feel somebody's trying to push me around. Whatever. Anything that's not awesome. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> okay. work with my kid. That aside, she's four. But this is my manifesto. My name is Lindsay Sutherland Bowl. I am married to a six foot four, 240 pound confirmed bachelor who is the entrepreneur and successful owner of a construction company. Number one. Number two, I have a toddler who has not one, but two alpha parents. I have been on stage as an international opera singer where every single night I would get up and just do my job. There would be a reviewer qualified or not who would put a review of my entire performance in the morning paper of the city that would be out there for the rest of the world to read for the rest of eternity. I am an ultra distance athlete and I am the founder of a women's national movement to support a bunch of women who are getting over alcohol use disorder. There is nothing that anybody can say that will intimidate me. Love it. That is powerful as shit. I love it. (laughs) And like, when I say that, because like my thing was that I always felt I was being pushed around Mm -hmm. and I always felt like I always felt intimidated in all these situations. And I just said enough of that shit. And it's not like, and then, cause I would always diminish my experiences as well. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, no. See, I think that we as humans tend to do that all the time. We don't sit up and take notice of, 
our achievements, our successes, our wins, no matter how big or small, we have to celebrate them. It doesn't matter how big or small they are. And we have to condition ourselves to do that and take the time to appreciate them and, and look back and be proud of what you've accomplished, no matter how big or small. Well, and that's the thing is that no matter how big or small they are, there is something underneath what they are, which is why they're meaningful. And mm-hmm. if we dismiss that, we're dismissing a part of yeah. who we are and what we value. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Lindsay, if you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? I know exactly what this is because I go by this billboard every day and I'm like, I want to be on that billboard. I want to be on that billboard. I'm putting this out to the universe. I want to be on that billboard. It will happen. The billboard billboard is on Briar Hill and Young Street in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It's above Lululemon. I want to be a Lululemon ambassador because I'm inspiring women to get out there and walk and take back power of their lives. And I wear Lululemon all the time. (laughs) And actually, there's a bigger story there. It was March. And I wanted to lose because I started taking better care of myself. And I'm like, this is great. I started to feel better, but I really need to lose 30 pounds. And I was not one of those people who just stopped drinking and lost weight. That was not my, it's a lie, people. It <laughs> <laughs> happened. Or at least it didn't happen to me. And so I had to start, you know, doing things to, to lose weight. And so I remember I said to myself, okay, what does the Lindsay look like the physical version of Lindsay fit. What is that? So I want to be fit. I don't want to be skinny. I want to be fit. Okay, mm-hmm. So what is that? What does fit Lindsay look like? Little athlete girl, come on. And, <laughs> and, so, and so athlete Lindsay, athlete Lindsay and I, I could see her. She had her, it's funny. It looks a lot like this. I had my hair up in a ponytail, like a high ponytail with a volume on top. Women will know what I'm talking about there. Little volume, right? And I've got my Lululemon zipper jacket and I've got my Lululemon pants, you know, but it wasn't just the outfit. It was that in the right light, when I stepped on my leg, I would see my quad burst, you know, boom. soon as you know, just a little muscle there. Boom. And so I'm like, that's it. When I see that reflection, that's when I'm going to know I've met the fit Lindsay. So what I did is I went to Lululemon that day and I bought that exact outfit in the size that I was that day. Two jackets, two pairs of pants. And I wore that outfit every day until I lost 30 pounds. Wow. Every day when I went downstairs, I saw that woman who I was already becoming that she was already in me. And so that one day I went downstairs because by that point I had lost my 30 pounds. I was doing my distances. I was doing all the things. I walked by and I just so happened to look myself I put my weight on my leg. Boom. There it was. The quad popped. The quad popped. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) It just goes to show you, if you visualize, if you put your mind to it and put in the work, you can do anything in life. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, what does the word empowerment mean to you? Oh, God. Well, it's everything. I mean, the word empowerment, take back your life, that, that kind of thing. It's a word that is available it's a tricky word. Empowerment. Empowerment is the act of being the only person responsible for our power. Love it. Love it. Maybe need to tweak that one. That's okay. No, I like that. It's, it's natural. It just rolled off your tongue. That's what it is. That's what it means to you. It's okay. So we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. (laughs) How would you describe yourself in one word? Courageous. What would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? I'm silly, creative, determined, focused. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Stop talking. 
Start listening. Actively listen. Yes. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? A 25-inch waist. And it's because my legs are so big right now because they're strong that every time I go and buy new pants, I have to buy bigger pants and I got to go to the tailor to take them in because I'm built like a boy. I don't have an hourglass figure. It's a disaster. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? It doesn't carry other people's bags. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I'd get people to stop talking and start listening. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Ego, sit down. <laughs> I love it. Very, so, con- so much conviction there too with that title. <laughs> if you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would it be? Rise up, Audrey Day. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Lindsay, what is one of your biggest failures? And I don't like using that word. So life lessons or teachable moments. And what did you learn from it? Becoming alcohol dependent. That would be it. And what did I learn from it? That it's through that shit and mess that I went through. I am able to be of service. Beautiful. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? Because I get to see the transformation in women every day. What do you do to keep yourself inspired every day and to inspire others? Keep listening. Listen to people. Listen to people's stories. Listen. Everybody has a story. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? I am very grateful that I no longer will be pushed around by other people. That's a big one. That's all part of the self-work Mm-hmm. and the self-love and that whole foundation everything begins with self absolutely everything starts within yep. what does the best version of Lindsay look like when you close your eyes and imagine it <laughs> well it's that girl okay the last thing Lindsay's gonna come out now bing, 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 bing. <laughs> there goes my quad pop okay so what I have to say is that I'm in this really great sweet spot right now so I do look like that woman that I always wanted to be I'm sober. I'm clear headed. I have my hair in a high ponytail, a lot of volume right now. So, and I'm wearing my little lemon outfit. So I have achieved that. So now I'm not saying that I'm everything I want to be, but I am saying that I became all that I thought I would become. So now it's like, let's just live in this beautiful moment before we look to the next chapter. Enjoy that success. Live in the moment for a little bit. Celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to do this maybe till the end of she walks and then, and then I'll be like, okay, next chapter what's next yeah what is one of your favorite quotes if you're going through hell keep going don't stop because <laughs> there's there's goodness on the other side yeah if you could step into my shoes what would you have asked yourself that i didn't ask you what would you be surprised to know about Lindsay? okay answer that question what would we be surprised to know about you or learn about you i have been told multiple times that I have a very strong presence and that I deliver myself in a way that is looks as though it comes from a a sign of strength. And so sure, especially now I do really have a very solid sense of who I am. Okay. So I am incredibly sensitive, (laughs) really sensitive. Like, yes, I'm sensitive. If you could go back and give yourself, your younger self, one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Okay. I'm going to talk to athlete Lindsay. (laughs) athlete girl i'm gonna say keep talking lastly Lindsay, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would that last 30 seconds sound like what would you say 
That's a great question. Thank you. I would say that for the first time in history, in my opinion, our generation has been exposed to more opportunity, more education, more travel, more noise, more challenge. And there are so many folks who are trying to abide by and live by the equation A plus B equals C. Go to work, get a job, buy the house, do the thing, and then you'll be happy ever after. But may I offer that for this generation, for these women, that equation no longer applies. It is time for us to write our own equation. We do not need to live by the rules written by the generations whom we respect that came before us. It is a new day, a new time, and it's our time. Beautifully said. I love that, Lindsay. Awesome. And I think that's true for everybody, not just women, but I think that's true for the world over. I mean, we have, we've been conditioned and taught and brought up that that's exactly it. You have to go by A plus B equals C. And so you've got to go to school. You've got to get a job. Then you get married. Then you get the house with the white pick. It's all bullshit. It's all horseshit, <laughs> all of it. It's complete yeah. horseshit. You don't have to do things that way. There are many ways things can be done. As they say, there's many ways to skin a cat. So it's, it's, it, and you know what? I honestly believe that there is a huge change and shift it's happening but there's a big one coming very soon it's like a pressure cooker right now yes actually i i, I was thinking about this this morning it's like an earthquake and you know there's the aftershocks mm-hmm. except the aftershocks are happening now four shocks yeah you know, yep. and then this huge tectonic shift is going to happen after that for sure for sure. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share your journey and your story with us. And I am so honored and proud to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. I appreciate you. You are a true testament and inspiration to what can be done if you put your mind to it. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. This has been such a joy. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It truly has. <laughs> Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Lindsay Sutherland-Bowl. She is the founder of She Walks Canada, also an empowerment and clarity coach. Thank you, Lindsay. Have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you, you too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.